0: Viewers from all around the globe, if you're hearing my voice, then you must be tuned into The Leadership Unraveled Podcast, a series where we discuss the latest and the greatest in the field of leadership. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. If you're a repeat consumer, well, welcome back. So glad you can join us again. No matter if you're a first-time listener or a repeat, today you're all in for a real treat, as I have a special guest today. He is the acclaimed LDRS 1015 student. Back for his third time, Thomas Harrison once again joins me for this episode. Thomas, welcome back. Good to have you for another installment of the podcast. The pleasure is all mine, Christopher. Seems like this is going to be a regular recurring segment, us two discussing leadership. Well, I could only hope that you'll continue joining me for future installments, but enough of the future, let's talk now, let's speak present. You've been learning a lot about modules 11 and 12 of the LDRS 1015 course, is that correct? That is correct. Excellent. Well, no more delaying, it's question time. Could you please describe a main theme you've been reflecting on from modules 11 and 12? Well, Modules 11 and 12 were focused on the topics of ethics and leadership and controversy with civility, respectively. If I had to name an overarching theme that they both share, I suppose I would have to say the theme was the importance of good communication. And why do you say that? Well, to start, let's talk about those main topics again, ethics and controversy with civility. Module 11 introduced the concept of ethical leadership. Ethical leadership is when a moral person is able to influence others to do what is perceived as the right thing or something that promotes the common good of all people. A leader's ethics are derived from the leader's values, character, actions, goals, honesty, and power. And while an ethical person could present strength in all these categories, the ethical leader is able to take those strengths and communicate them to their followers. Ethical leaders communicate with their followers in order to understand everyone's individual needs, to make a more congruent environment that promotes an ethical climate. They are able to essentially rally their followers into believing that they are looking out for them, which takes communication and trust from all parties involved. If we now look at uh, module 12's lesson of controversy with civility, we see that controversy with civility is almost entirely about communication. As it is defined, allowing for, uh, it's defined as the uh, sharing and considering of multiple points of view before coming to a group decision. It is, naturally, it is natural for controversy to arise when people come together to discuss different viewpoints. That's where the role of good communication comes in, to make that controversy civil. I see. So you need good communication to create the opportunity for ethical leadership and a controversy with civility. Precisely. Very interesting. Moving on to the next question. What truths or confirming ideas surfaced for you during your studies of modules 11 and 12? Many truths emerged these past two weeks. Module 11 offered newfound ideas to me around the topic of ethical decision-making. Before, I was not aware that there were so many different lines of thinking When it came to making decisions for example as we saw in our module 11 lecture the different types of ethical decision making were utilitarianism kantianism justice as fairness pragmatism and altruism personally i believe most of these methods can work in tandem with each other except for kantianism which states that people should always do the right thing no matter the cost but people should never resort to cheating lying or other immoral behaviors Those are considered to be always wrong. I don't agree with that line of thinking, because sometimes desperation can force a good person to turn turn to immoral actions just out of necessity. I see. And what did Module 12 reveal or confirm to you? Module 12 offered a truth in the topic of the two types of conflicts. The two types of conflicts are described as being either content or relational. Content conflicts are based on policy and procedures. There is a lot of emphasis put on people's values, beliefs, and goals, and how these values can clash when they differ. Relational conflicts, on the other hand, are based on how people relate to each other, and the focus is on issues of esteem, control, and affiliation. Well, it's good to see that the issue of conflict isn't just about who is right or wrong. Next up, what is the most impactful surprise to you while studying modules 11 and 12? The most impactful surprise for me came from module 12, and is the difference between dialogue and debate. On the surface, it seemed like a pretty generic comparison, however, it was quite impactful to me once I started applying what I learned to my surroundings. So what is the difference between dialogue and debate? Well, dialogue is when all parties are able to communicate comfortably with one another. The goal is for everyone to understand all points of view to make a larger understanding of the big picture. Debate, on the other hand, has only one true goal, to win an argument. When the difference was put this way, it dawned on me how pointless most debates we see truly are. We need to have a less of debates where one side is pushing for advantage over the other and construct more dialogue where we just hear on, where we hear one another out and communicate our opinions, grievances, and feelings. Very insightful, and I agree. The types of debates we see nowadays are less about intellectual arguments and more of who can make the most ad hominems. Well, that last answer takes us up to the halfway point of this episode. Viewers at home, make sure you're still comfortable because another half is coming at you in three, two, one. Thomas, what are you most curious about now? Well, Christopher, as the LDRS 1015 course is coming to an end in the next few weeks, I suppose my curiosity lies in how our understanding of the social change model will conclude. I'm quite curious to see the whole picture and fully understand how each portion interacts with each other. I'm also very eager to see how my complete knowledge of the course will benefit or change my view on future leadership roles and group work. And what are you discovering about yourself through these two modules? I'm discovering, well, that I I enjoy learning about leadership a lot more than I thought I would. Hmm, is that so? Yeah, to be honest, when I first started the course, I thought it was going to be a dull subject and that I already knew everything that there was to know, but every week we explore another section of the social change model, and it shows me that I still have much to learn, and also, I am compelled to deepen my understanding by thinking critically. As my knowledge of the course and leadership in general expands, I am able to see the gaps in my knowledge, if that makes any sense. I do understand. What you couldn't see before is made visible now that your vision has improved, right? Exactly. Well, Thomas, you have once again been a a great guest, but it is time for the last question of this installment. How can you use what you've learned in modules 11 and 12 to help you in the future? Well, over the past year, I've spent a lot of time thinking about the future A lot of that time has been focused on where we as a collective society, we as the human race, where we are headed into the future. I spent much time thinking about what kind of future our leaders are pushing for, and I must say, I am not happy with it. Modules 11 and 12 focused on ethical leadership and how to deal with controversy and conflict with civility. Well, as a collective society, I do not see these two lessons being displayed. Narrowing the scope of leadership to just leadership within the United States, we see certain narratives being pushed and stances being taken that scream with a voice that has no ethics and no civility. Our leadership is built on an idea that the winner takes all and the people who are hurt along the way, well, that's just how things operate. I don't think this is how any leader should act. When looking at the United States viewpoints on issues, We see that our leaders overwhelmingly support issues such as funding war, supporting large corporations, denying the existence of climate change and increasing incarcerations. Those issues are supported while the American people and people all around the world suffer as a consequence to those actions. And that is why I am concerned over the future. So to concisely answer your question, Christopher, these past two modules have done a good job of opening my eyes even wider to the problems we are facing and will face going forward into the future. An eloquent answer that I will leave all of the viewers to ponder. As always, Thomas Harrison, thank you for joining me. And to all the viewers at home, stay safe, keep thinking, and continue leading.